0: This episode is sponsored by World Anvil. World Anvil is an award-winning world-building and writing software for people who love to create rich and exciting worlds.
1: Hey, Dungeon Crawler. Thanks for tuning in to our episode this week. But guess what? Did you know there's even more that you could be listening to? If you head over to our Patreon, you can get access to behind-the-scenes content, hearing more of the discussion before and after the show, and even comments in the middle that didn't make it into the final cut. Thank you so much for your support, and keep being great. This is Daniel, and
0: this is Krebs. This is Alton, and I am Matai, and you're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio, the greatest geek podcast out there. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio, where we come to this place, this spot, this universe, this galaxy, to talk about something very dear to one of our hosts' hearts. No, we're not talking about Kroll. That's <laughs> some other time. Um, <laughs> however, we're going to be talking about the TV show Babylon 5, uh, which was a TV series that was out in the 90s. But before we do that, there's something important we need to talk about.
2: Crawlers, yeah. there is something super important to talk about coming up on July 29th. If you haven't already heard, then you haven't been listening. If you haven't already heard, we are throwing the Crowltimate Charity event in San Diego. Did you say Crowltimate?
1: I did say Kroll
2: to Mitt. Thank you oh, very kindly. So Dan kindly. lied
1: to everybody right at the head of the show. We are talking about Kroll just a little bit, though.
2: I almost jumped on it the moment he said it. He said, it's not Kroll. I'm like, but there is some Kroll news. And some good to be true. done, too, as I hear. And some great to be done. We have teamed up with Primary Children's Hospital. We have a donation page all set up. And our goal is to earn some funds for them to benefit all the wonderful miracles. That they bestow upon other people. We are trying to help Primary Children's Hospital in Utah. Now, this hospital is the only hospital of its kind in four hundred thousand square miles. I didn't know that till I started researching this and putting mm-hmm. this event together. Uh, and they are um, incredible at what they do. They are specialized. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. They have earned acknowledgements in eight different disciplines, including uh, neuroscience, and uh, I'm sorry neurology and uh and cancer treatment in children Mm -hmm. it's it's really phenomenal what they do
3: yeah don't forget to throw the pediatric in front of that because that's an even oh yes more that's an even specialer specialization pediatric neurology pediatric oncology yes
1: imagine doing all of the really difficult medical things but on a body that's like half the size and not all the way developed and you just start to understand the level of work and care that these people have to put in. But then beyond that, Primary Children's Broadly has had a lot of charitable work behind its mm-hmm. whole yes. charter from the beginning, helping families that have needed it and going out of their way to make sure that the child is put first and always. And and I think that that's a really important thing to be able to do. But we can even do it in a cool way because July 29th <laughs> is a particularly auspicious date. It's the 40th anniversary of Kroll. Yes. So,
2: date and day of the U.S. release: July twenty ninth, nineteen eighty three. Kroll hit screens, and in twenty twenty three, we get to put it up on the big screen one more time.
1: Woo hoo! So Which is yeah, awesome. we're doing this completely legit. We're super excited for it. Your donations go directly to Primary Children's, so make sure to check out the link in the description. Go to dungeoncrawlershooter dot com or any of our various social media outlets. And make sure to check out the one and only Josh Krebs, who's going to continue to post about it over the coming days and weeks. Yeah, Just
2: so you folks know, if you make a donation of at least $8 per person to PCH, that buys you the opportunity to join the event and sit with us. Now, seating is limited. However, if you can't make the event, but you still want to donate to Primary Children's Hospital, we would ask you humbly to do so. We have a modest goal. And if we sell every single seat at the minimum requested donation, we will get really close to, but not quite reaching, our goal. If everyone donates just a little bit more than the minimum, or if we get a few people who just want to do some good, then we will hit or even exceed our goal. And I firmly believe that we can exceed this goal. I firmly believe that we could sell every seat in that theater, and I believe that we can exceed our goal.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, you know, primary children's has actually been a huge part of my life because, uh, one of my daughters has special needs. Um, uh, before she was even one, they performed open heart surgery on her at primary children's and it was amazing what they were able to do. And that's the hospital continued to take her to. So it's fantastic. They do an amazing job and they do focus on the kids and that is their concern, their priority. Bills and stuff like that can come later. They want to make sure the kids are safe, healthy, and happy before that even has to come into play. And a lot of the times, you know, you never see a bill because of charitable donations and stuff like this. So if we can make that happen. That'll be fantastic guys.
2: Now we are doing
0: everything we can on this side
2: to make it tantalizing and interesting for you. We've got some surprises lined up. We've been reaching out to some very special people. We are bringing lots of little goodies and treats to the event. So if you can be there, we would love to see you. Please come hang out with us and help us do some good while being epic and not sucking.
1: So go to the description or head to tinyurl.com slash That's K-R-U-L-L-T-I-M-A-T-E. Get those donations in, and we're looking forward to seeing you on the 29th at Jordan Commons. Now we've got to talk about space. We've got to talk about the things beyond Frontier. No, f- not that the one, fifth the other frontier. one. Frontier. Not not the Galaxy far far away either. It's the, it's the other one. Not Doctor Who. Not
2: Oh, it's the one where you have to find the seventh symbol to go home.
1: No, not Stargate. That's the other oh, one, the other uh, one. Uh, Well, let let, let let me tell you. This is
3: the series about a space station orbiting a planet where the characters have strong religious beliefs. Their religious war develops. They're positioned next to the swirly thing in space that allows travel to oh, uh, far so, places. So we're talking
0: about we're talking about
3: Battlestar Galactica. Uh,
2: no no, no swirly thing in Battlestar. One. Pretty sure it's Deep
1: Space Nine. No, no, it's Deep Space I, I, Nine. I've heard it's like Babylon 5.
0: No, it's Farscape.
1: It's Babylon 5. It
0: is. It's Farscape. That's (laughs) important.
1: You know, sometime we really ought to do a super cut with like just trying to name as many sci-fi fandoms as we can and give like one line summaries of what we think they're about.
2: You may have just unlocked our next rad dome.
1: (laughs) There could be a game in our future. Awesome. But... As you were starting to summarize, we want to make sure that if you haven't seen Babylon Vive before, you have a base level overview. Matt, you've got two minutes. Go.
3: So this is a series from uh, 30 years ago. is when this debuted on TV. In the future, Earth has reached the stars and made contact with alien races. The Centauri were friendly and willing to open trade, but something went horribly wrong during first contact with the Mimbari, which began a tragic war. Against the advanced technology of the Mimbari, humans were about to be wiped out. But at the moment of total Mimbari victory they suddenly surrendered for reasons known only to them. The major races decided to build a space station in neutral territory where the different alien races could meet to resolve their differences peacefully and prevent such large-scale war in the future. The first three of these Babylon stations were destroyed by sabotage during their construction and the fourth one mysteriously disappeared within hours of becoming operational. But the fifth station, Babylon 5, was successfully completed and became a beacon of the galaxy's last best hope for peace. The Earthlings interact with many different alien races, including the Centauri, humanoids with hair that fans out behind their heads, Mimbari, who have a bone ridge in place of hair on their head, Narn, a reptilian humanoid species that until recently had been slave to the Centauri, and the mysterious Vorlons, about which little is known except they're almost never seen outside of their environmental suits. As the story unfolds, it exposes an additional race called the Shadows that manipulate the other races in their proxy war against the Vorlons, and the Vorlons have been doing their share of manipulating events to their favor in turn. The mystery deepens with humans caught in the middle and the fate of the galaxy on the line. Why did the Mimbari surrender? What happened to Babylon 4? What are the Vorlons and Shadow up to? Who are the good guys and who the bad? And are the lines drawn so simply? Meanwhile, there are signs of conspiracy and corruption back on Earth. But what can the people on a far-flung space station do to help with problems back home? more than they think. The series was the brainchild of J. Michael Straczynski, who wrote 92 of the 110 episodes, plus the five TV movies, a feat unheard of among screenwriters. Before the show ever filmed a single shot, he had a five-season outline written with interweaving plots, secrets revealed gradually, culminating in an exciting finale when all the pieces fell into place. Computer generated imagery was in its infancy, and Babylon 5 was the first series to use it extensively, eschewing miniature models. The series was groundbreaking Science fiction. Each episode supporting an overarching storyline, in contrast to every other sci-fi show of the day, Babylon Five broke the mold and set a new path for serialized entertainment and sci-fi at large. Nicely done.
1: Now Nicely everyone done. taking well, a that's calming great. breath.
2: And with that, we're out of here. Uh, we're just, <laughs> I, I love
1: the episodes where I just show up and someone else talks. It's great. <laughs> no, so yeah, so this is a this is a fascinating. Piece of sci fi history in particular, right? Like, especially as we're moving our way through the 80s, like you mentioned, computer graphics are starting to become a thing. But beyond that, like, there's rumors that Roddenberry's going to bring back his show. Star Wars has been this huge thing, there's this huge resurgence, and everybody's trying to figure out what's coming next. And, uh, you know, Doctor Who has been running on the BBC for quite some time now. People are starting to figure out that, like, hey, this space is ripe for exploration, all puns intended. (laughs) So, Matt, to you, like, what is the thing that really got this thing across the starting line? Why was this one when it was, where it was, why it was?
3: It was, this was not long after Next Generation had got it had got things kind of rebooted and going again, so people were primed uh, for science fiction series, but at that time everything was very episodic everything was following the Star Trek pattern and they were failing because nobody could do it like star trek does but uh but jms j michael straczynski he had this idea and he most of the opposition he faced was he had a five season storyline and people would buy one or two seasons but they didn't want to commit to five and this idea of if a person misses an episode they're going to miss the story you can't do persistent long story arcs. It just doesn't work. And he says, no, I believe that it will. But the TV audience wasn't quite ready. Well, the TV executives didn't believe the audience was ready for it. Babylon five X files and a few other uh, shows proved executives wrong. The audience wanted these story arcs that connected episode to episode. One of the things we talk about on this show a whole lot is the importance of good character development and good story. If you have those, the rest of it will take care of itself. This is an example of a series that focused on those key points.
1: And why why do you love it so much?
3: Well, in addition to those points of just a wonderfully well-written story, I have always been a sci-fi geek, and was always looking for something new and amazing to get into. I was actually kind of late getting into Babylon five. And then when I started watching it, I was really hooked uh, by the story. And then I got to know the characters and I was so surprised because I would see an episode from the beginning and Jakar was kind of the bad guy and was really kind of a disgusting, lecherous kind of personality. And then In later episodes, he's like almost this prophet character. Very, very noble, very humble, very wise. And I'm like, what happened? And so I finally went back and watched all the episodes in order. and Oh, it is beautiful. And that's just one example. Everybody goes through a dramatic character change. Some of them are tragic and it pulls at your heartstrings. Others are heroic and you want to cheer for them. And so I think it's really that writing that pulls you in and you, you want to, you you get to experience these amazing emotions.
1: Mm -hmm. So Josh, I know you were saying that you're, you're like through the pilot and like starting to sprinkle your way through the first season. Is that right?
2: Yeah, actually, you know, I, I watched bits and pieces of this when it first aired, and I never touched it again. Matthew has brought it up in conversations hither and yon, but I never took the time to really give it its due, you know. And uh, in preparation for this episode, I started watching the show. And so I've seen all of the pilot, and I've seen most of the second episode. And I do recall some of the segments that I saw when it was fresh and in the 90s.
1: Mm-hmm. and what what's kind of your impressions as somebody who's just starting to get into it is there anything that's like intriguing you so far things that are capturing your attention
2: you know anything that's like high concept sci-fi you o- almost always have to applaud them for their ambition because there was a ton of ambition here uh and babylon 5 does serve as the predecessor and launching pad for a few very important sci-fi shows that would follow in the in the next two decades thereafter uh for me, the the thing that I've noticed, speaking from from an acting perspective, from a filmmaking perspective, what I've noticed is uh, as as I watch, you know, usually pilots. Whenever I watch a pilot episode, I always think to myself, okay, look. They're finding their feet, they're finding their characters, they're finding their feel and their rhythm. So the first episode is almost always a throwaway, but it introduces the characters, right? And then the next two or three episodes after that is where the real establishment happens. What I like about this show so far, and what, what really kind of caught me off guard, is the acting commitment By each person in this show. In fact, what I found is that as you get to secondary and tertiary characters, as you get away from the command, you know, the people that we normally would focus on, the people we identify with because they're humans, right? As you get further away from the humans, the acting quality markedly goes up. The Centauri's are the ones that uh, are are (laughs) the ones that I I have a hard, the hardest time taking seriously. But my good gosh dang... Like uh, the leader, uh, what, what, what Lando, M- L- Lando Malari. Lando Malari. Um, his acting and his adoption of character is pristine. That's one of the
3: things I love about this show. And Ooh. mild spoiler, that's intentional. You are doing exactly what the writer wanted you to accept him as because the Centauri play a pivotal role in this five-year
1: story. Yeah. And and I love some of the stuff that you guys have brought up so far. And Dan, I'm gonna to come to you next with an important question, but I wanna share like I'm I'm a couple of episodes in at this point. Right. And it's funny because it does feel like the next generation pacing with Deep Space Nine episode through lines, but kind of a Battlestar Galactica feel, and then the sprinkling of like Days of Our Lives or General Hospital kind of like <laughs> politicy soapy backgroundy stuff. And and that's partially what's kind of captured me to see what's going forward. And, you know, this was made very early on in terms of, like, made-for-TV computer graphics. So the computer graphics have a, a particular charm. I'll put it that yes. way um that's a nice that's a polite way of describing it yeah but one thing that i will say is and i i actually stopped while i was watching the pilot and called tasha in i was like check out the makeup like the prosthetics and the work that these guys did i actually think they outdo most of star trek like it, and that partially has piqued my interest to see kind of how things develop and, and especially as things pick up and they start to gain more of a following, how it adjusts the way that they do their lighting and their settings and their makeup and things like that. So it's really interesting to see where it's going. And then the story elements are there, like they're, the foundations are all being set. And this is where I have to turn the question to Dan. Dan, you've not seen any episodes of Babylon 5 yet, right?
0: Sort of. Sort of. Okay,
1: so what's the thing that you want to know about that would convince
0: you to watch the show? Uh, nothing. nothing uh, so, 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 he, let me explain. So, over the years, when it was on the air, I had seen little bits of the show here and there. Not, I. It never caught enough of my attention to watch an entire episode. Hmm. Even preparing for this, I went back to try to watch the pilot again. I got. Five ten minutes in I was bored I was checked out The series has never been enough to catch my attention it's never there I've never felt the hook the pull the like ooh I want to see more I want I'm fascinated um, which is and really sad because Michael J Tr- 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 I can't say his last name at the moment <laughs> yeah we'll say Michael J you know there was some very fantastic comic books that he has written that I have loved he is a great writer. But this, in my opinion, was a very disappointing TV series that doesn't age well. I mean, if you go back and watch it now, like you said, CGI is hokey. Those were <laughs> not my... I said
1: charming. You said charming. <laughs> I'm saying hokey. Um, <laughs>
0: the, the prosthetics and the makeup is, is really great. They did do a g- good job on that. And I think they relied more on that than CGI because that's kind of that weird transition period where they were we were moving away from that and so yeah i'll agree that they totally did a better job the next generation um but they definitely invested in that to help you feel like you're out in this world but it just never hooked me and even going back and trying to watch it still honestly it feels like it's a program that's ran by flynn on his back server <laughs> that Tron gets to play in every now and then. I mean, I mean, it's just kind of that weird and hokey. For me, that's my opinion. And I know you guys love it, which is awesome. But yet, I just couldn't ever get up. So our goal this episode is not necessarily <laughs> to convince
1: Dan that he needs to watch this show. Uh, frankly, not. I'm still digesting a little bit of it myself, though. I am committing to watch the whole thing because I think it's an important part of sci-fi history that frankly i've not given due diligence up until this point
0: i I would agree it's just not a series that calls to me it doesn't beckon to me you know and there's a lot of other series out there like andromeda i mentioned that earlier that was a fun series the biggest reason i enjoyed it is because of kevin sorbo was in it and he made lots of fun against himself even so much that the wig and the sword from hercules was in his captain's chamber at one point
1: sorbo is sorbo is self-aware hokey
0: yeah Yeah. and but again that's not i watched the one i was on i've never watched it again um -hmm. you know there's several series from that 90s period that just never really captured my attention and drew me in um and we could probably go off on those on another episode but (laughs) yeah this is just one of those and i wanted to jump in and Give it another shot with different eyes. But it, I, again, I started watching it and I felt the same feeling like this is just so boring.
1: Matt, what's the tidbit thing that you want to dangle out there for anybody who's been like, yeah, I might be in dance camp. I'm not quite sure. What's the thing that you think we should talk about?
3: Uh, there are several key episodes in there that demonstrate the writing and the story and these are ones that fans to this day continue to talk about and
1: one of those episodes is directly tied to the upcoming movie well i'm super excited to talk more about that on the other side but right now here's a quick word from our sponsors
3: Now let's talk about our sponsor, World Anvil. World Anvil is an award-winning world-building and writing software for people who like to create rich and exciting worlds. With their software, you can create your world, manage your campaign, plan your novel, and wow your players or readers as you make your worlds come to life. You can find them at worldanvil.com, and if you put in the discount code DCR40, you will receive a 40% discount today.
2: Crawlers, we have an incredible opportunity to do some good. In celebration of the 40th anniversary of Crawl, we are holding the crawl charity event. On July 29th, we will be gathering at the Jordan Commons Megaplex in Sandy to gawk at some collectibles, watch the film as a community, and raise some much-needed funds for Primary Children's Hospital in Utah. For more details, keep an eye on our socials or visit DungeonCrawlersRadio.com.
1: Thanks for taking a second to listen to our sponsors there, Dungeon Crawlers. They help us keep going and keep us operating. And you can help us too by liking, subscribing, sharing, checking us out on Patreon. But we've got to talk about what's coming up because Matt told us that, you know, coming out pretty soon is a a new film. And, And beyond that, uh, i'm particularly interested in it because it shares an art style with a particular piece of media that I mm. love and hold near and dear to my heart, mm-hmm. so Matt lead us in tell us what's so exciting about this uh this ad all right so this this
3: this new movie, as you mentioned is going to be animated uh it comes out August fifteenth and it takes place um kind of after the big shadow war, which is the big thing happening in uh, the the TV series and before the finale. And so it's kind of an additional story that happens between a time jump in the, in the series. And in this one, the uh, captain Sheridan who used to be the captain of the space station is now the president of the interstellar Alliance. And um, in one of the episodes uh, War Without End. It's a two-part episode. Um, they end up bouncing through time, uh, going back and forth. And because he was part of that, because he was exposed to that, um, there's a part in the trailer where it's, they reveal that they've got this new machine that uses tachyon energy, and he goes, oh, crap, and then disappears goes through a Doctor Who tunnel and pops up in an alternate timeline. And one of the great shockers from the trailer is when he's talking with Ivanova, his uh, second in, former second in command, and says, and she says, "Don't worry, it wasn't your fault that we lost the Shadow War." And he goes, "We lost the Shadow War?" But anyway, the what I'm excited about for the movie is this is like I kind of liken it to Marvel's What If, and not just the series, but the old comic books which I used to read back in the '80s and '90s. What if? One little detail had changed. How would this story go? And with J. Michael Straczynski's excellent writing, he doesn't just do one what if, but we're going to get to see, I don't know, dozens of different ways the Babylon 5 story could have played out if one thing was different. And Hmm. that
1: is what's making me so excited for this new movie. Well, and as, as somebody who hasn't seen the show, right, at least not very far in yet, I can say that watching the trailer, the music sounds really good. The animation style is gorgeous. This is done in the same, it looks like it's done in the same style as uh, the Dragon Prince, which, yeah. I mean, kudos to that whole team. It's it's beautiful. Josh, how would you describe that for the folks at home? Um, you
2: know, it, it has a pseudo cell shaded uh, aesthetic to it, but, you know, with cell shading, uh, early cell shading was almost about like hiding the three dimensional aspect until the object was in motion. This one sort of embraces its three dimensionality while still um having that cell shaded texture. It's very smooth, beautiful, modern, um, pseudo minimalistic, but like absolutely expressive.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And it, it felt like there was a good mix of action and a good mix of romance and a good mix of, you know, good character building and depth. I'm, I'm really interested to see what's going on. Uh, what's the thing that you were most interested to see after listening to the trailer or seeing the trailer, Josh?
2: So uh, I... I definitely have had my 90s child's fire stoked again by this. I, I don't want to oversell it, but having watched almost two full episodes now in sequence, the way it was meant to be seen, which was not how I saw it back in the nineties. I saw it sort of piecemeal. Um, I am definitely more intrigued at the quality of writing and the quality of the story. And then having seen the trailer now, there's this obvious gap of experience and knowledge. Um, I I'm excited to go back and revisit the series to experience all of the quality story twists that I didn't get to experience that Matai is very well versed in.
1: <laughs> and this is being put out by WB Animation, Warner Brothers, right? So like this is getting pretty reasonable backing. I'm really, really looking forward to watching it. Um you know, the uh there was a there was an old video game on the original Xbox. Mm. Uh, that was written by Orson Scott Card. I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. Oh, Shoot.
2: oh, I think I know. what I way you're know going. you know what I'm Hang talking on. about. Uh, uh, yeah, I've, I've got to look of those it up. But... Tip
1: of my joystick moments, right? <laughs> I know, right? Well, I probably wouldn't say it like that, but yeah. No, no, it's a whole Advent subreddit. Rising? I promise, it's family friendly. Yes, Advent <laughs> Rising. I, Advent Rising. Yeah, and and I see like a lot of the similar aesthetic styles that that clean like Halo is a little bit grittier than Mm. this art style, right? But it's still very, like, clean and futuristic. Battlestar Galactica, same kind of problem, just a little bit grittier and more real. But uh, it's just looking beautiful, and you see plenty of action shots. You see plenty of uh, adventure. Like, I think it's going to be a great time.
2: Well, you know, one of the other selling points, uh, from my perspective, where Babylon 5 is concerned, is that you can actually draw this really interesting sort of, like, historical progression of um television evolution babylon five was one of the first shows to really uh what was what i'm looking for um embraced embrace thank you is it was one of the first shows to truly embrace digital rendering of very difficult landscapes, in this case being space and spaceships and space combat. Not long after Babylon 5 launches, I think it's two years later, a show called Space Above and Beyond hits Fox. Mm. And mm-hmm. that one was all CG space combat, but really focusing on the humanity of the experience right i that show only lasted two seasons and i don't think it got its due it was actually a sci-fi drama more than it was sci-fi action uh and then after space above and beyond we have farscape uh which Mm. is one of my favorite sort of you know pseudo forgotten sci-fi shows uh and then after farscape you know, all of a sudden the technology continues to evolve and it becomes extremely powerful. And we get shows like the, Ma- we get movies like The Matrix and then that kind of evolves yet again. And then finally we end up with shows that we have today, including shows that are almost 20 years old now, like the reboot of Battlestar Galactica and, and um, every other sci-fi show thereafter. The Qu- Firefly, Firefly. Firefly, Stargate. Nate. Yeah, StarGate all those shows have extremely high quality CG, but I I think Babylon 5 was the first show to truly embrace that technology to its fullest like they were all in on it for better and worse. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for that, I don't know that the evolution of this technology would have hit so hard and fast as it did. It would have eventually gotten to where we are today, sure. Yeah. But I think Babylon 5 were the pioneers in this area.
3: Yeah, I would uh definitely say that this remember this was this was groundbreaking where they used cg probably more than any other series had at that point it looks beautiful great use of color great use of light the ship designs were amazing but they are not going to be photorealistic so don't have that expectation but without babylon 5 we wouldn't be where we are today
1: and so I'm expecting that we're going to see some similar stuff coming into uh, this upcoming film. Dan, was there anything in the trailer that kind of like stood out to you that does pique your interest? Maybe not enough to go rewatch the whole show, but at least to come in and give the film a try.
0: The fact that they're, they're going an animation route gives them a lot more flexibility. They're going to, we're not going to have the CGI issues that they had before. Now that a lot of the cast has aged and unfortunately half the cast have passed away so yeah. doing it yeah. this
3: way yeah absolutely this is the best way to do it
0: yeah and not only that it opens it up because it is animated it opens up to a new crowd of fans i mean i will admit that that is what it's going to do because there's a lot of kids out there that have never seen this or even people and they're going to jump on it and they're going to enjoy it because not only is it coming out probably for the first time ever for them, but it's coming out in the media that's very popular right now. So from a marketing standpoint, from a business standpoint, I think this is a fantastic uh, thing to do. It just isn't my cup of tea. It's not getting me excited. Uh, Even watching the trailer, it's just not enough to say, ooh, maybe I'll give it another go. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's not my thing. But for those fans out there and even new potential people they are looking for a new science fiction thing, I do think it is worth giving it a shot and taking a look at it because it might be your new cup of tea or if you've been missing Babylon 5, much like the Final you're going <laughs> to yes. be so eager to go see what happens next.
1: So here's my last question for the evening, and this is going to be a really short one. You can indicate with a yes or a no, this is either going to be a great question that gets a laugh out of people or it's going to fall <laughs> flat. And we're about to find out, does Red Dwarf deserve the same treatment? Oh, yes. my gosh. Yes. Okay. Megan, yes. I, I would. Okay, look, look, look. Red
2: Dwarf dropped a movie about 10 years or so ago, right? Oh. And it was, it, you know what? It was, it was a love letter to fans and I enjoyed it for what it was. But did would it? Would you say really... it was charming? It it was endearing. It was endearing, but um, the difference between Babylon Five and Red Dwarf is I think Red Dwarf ran its course, and Babylon Five has a little more story to tell. So, I'm I I'm a little on the fence on that one, but I I, I lean toward no.
1: Interesting.
3: And I absolutely love Red Dwarf. It is love one it. of those series that can get me laughing out loud. Um, I did watch some of the later seasons where it had been like 10 years since the thing had been on BBC. Um, yeah. and, uh, and yeah, they did do that movie. Um, and I, I have to agree with Krebs. The quality began to decline and the humor began to decline. It was just yeah. awful. However, yeah. it did have Terry Farrell, Jedzia Dax from deep space nine. She was the cat. And I think that was excellent casting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was incredible. Speaking of cats casting and things like this, I did have a question for you guys. Uh, do you know where, ca- where, farmers get new cows from oh um i mean the farmer's market (laughs) close but no they order them from the catalog oh oh (sighs) catalog catalog
2: catalog catalog
3: oh catalog
1: all right yeah yeah
2: Yeah. it requires an entire moving company to get it delivered but yeah
1: (laughs) oh Way to steer into the skid! Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> utterly ridiculous.
1: Yeah,
0: uh. <laughs> so, folks, check it out. Go check out the trailer. See if this is your cup of tea. And if it is a little bit interesting, go go watch the you know some of this series. Watch the, the pilot of Babylon 5. If you have a burning desire if you want to know where that missing space station is, go check out the pilot. With that said, we're out of here. And dungeon
1: crawlers. Come have fun with us on July 29th at Jordan Commons and come have fun with us in August at the new film. But tell your story, whatever may come.
3: And my Babylon 5 nerdlings, no matter which end of the universe you come from, let your geek flag fly. So say we all. And
2: whether you have an ethnically ambiguous accent because you're a strange alien race, always remember to be epic, Centauri's. And do not suck.
0: Remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find us.